Welcome back to Riot Underground, the place where you hear from instigators who are changing the world with disruptive technology. I'm your host, Sarah Glova. We have a treat for you today, a new way to be thinking about IoT and what kinds of businesses are involved in this fourth industrial revolution. One of Riot's longest supporters, Cherry Beckert, is in the studio. We have Jessica Simmons in the studio with us. Jessica is a CPA and a senior manager at Cherry Beckert focused on helping technology and pharma companies with accounting services. So Jessica, let's get started. One of our favorite questions is if they were to create a movie about you, who would you pick to play you in the movie? I would pick Jennifer Garner. I love it. (laughs) You could totally have Jennifer Garner play you. (laughs) I mean, it's just, um, you know, I follow what she does and it's very interesting about how she gives back and cares so much. I mean, she's originally from West Virginia. She's always supporting West Virginia. She no longer lives there and she lives in And you went to Marshall, so that speaks to you. Yeah, it does. It really does. And it's just incredible what she does uh, to help individuals, anybody. Like, um, there's several stories out there where she just stopped along the street and saw someone, you know, help them them out immediately. I love that. Well, and you're really involved in the community, so we'll talk a little bit about how you're involved with Riot, obviously, but you're involved with a number of organizations. I know you support the Boys and Girls Club as a tutor, and you're on the board of Instep. I am, yeah, and I also help the Boys and Girls Club with their fundraising um, to make sure that they can continue to help into kids because they only charge them $7.50, and then everything else is covered through donations. Right, and that's a year. Yeah. Uh, well, one time, one, a one-time fee of $7 and 50 cents to be a member of the Boys and Girls Club. Yeah. For, you know, 10, 12 years. Wow. Yeah. And you know, they feed them snacks during the summer, breakfast, lunch, and dinner to make sure that they're getting that food. And then Instep definitely calls to my heart. So I got involved with Instep to, um, foster more of my social aspects. So, uh, it's very hard. There's so many organizations out there that you kind of want to join and instep helps women with any domestic violence to get back on their feet with their kids etc and it also helps immigrants who've come over to make sure that they get the right paperwork it's a really interesting organization so i saw you know benefiting any survivor of domestic or sexual assault but then also this incredible arm of education and case services for immigrants who are looking at what their options are. That's a very um, key topic right now. You know, it's news every day um, to making sure that those individuals are getting the right paperwork and to making sure that they get to keep their families um, here. Like um, one of my neighbors, I talk to her every day and she has mentioned before, she's like, I know I've been here for 20 years, but sometimes I worry about it. And I was just like, but you're a, a citizen, you know, it's just different. Different, different mindset. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, you're so connected in these spaces, but you already mentioned there are so many organizations that you can join. And as an accountant, especially, you could pick any space to specialize in. You chose Riot, Boys and Girls Club of Wake County, and Instep Incorporated. How did you pick these? Did you go after what you thought would be interesting to your clients? Were you looking for something that aligned with what was in your heart or a mix? A mix. Uh, So Riot was actually Larry. (laughs) Larry sold me, and then once he sold me, I I can't leave. (laughs) I didn't know I needed it until he he showed me the way. But then Boys and Girls Club and Instep 
it's personal for me. Um, and that's why I'm involved in that. And it also helps me expand my network so I can meet other individuals. And even like talking to them about technology is incredible. We just had a Boys and Girls fundraising event last week. And I was talking to someone about technology and it's just always an open, you know, conversation. Yeah, it definitely helps to open doors. I yeah. mean, people are talking about it. And especially someone, as you mentioned, this uh, discerning the real versus the hype. People are really excited to talk about that because they're hearing these buzzwords in the news. And you I know you've been connected with Riot for a while. What have you found helpful? The clients you serve, so many of them are in that technology space. So why is it important to be in Riot? And what kind of changes are you seeing that relate to disruptive tech? Yeah, so one of the main things that Tom and Larry had talked me into joining Riot and sponsorship was making sure that I understood what was going on out in RTP area, what was going on in the tech world. I want to make sure I'm staying abreast of everything that's coming down the line for our clients because I don't want anyone walking up to me and saying, oh, did you hear this in the news? And I had no idea that was going on. You know, there is a lot of hype going on right now. So kind of trying to decipher what is actually real versus what is actually hype um, has definitely been one of the points of this. Mm, I like that a lot, the real versus hype. And you mentioned your clients. So what kind of clients do you work with that are in this tech space? And do they have questions that you feel like you've been able to answer better because of Riot? Absolutely. So majority of my clients are based off of technology and life science companies. But I actually, as part of our organization, we audit some non-for-profits. Mm. And so everyone is doing something technology, right? You have to. It's going so quickly to stay in front of what's going on. And so with them, even like your life science companies, they're working on certain technologies, like how to get the pill or the product to the end customers better. So what technologies there? What should we be looking at? Or how should we be monitoring the actual application of it or the usability? We're a little bit different than your regular um, accounting firm. Mm -hmm. So we, a couple years ago, acquired a cybersecurity company and we acquired a tech company because our firm believes that you should be ahead of the technology to know what's coming down the pike, what's going to happen, trying to get in front of there and make sure we're not lagging behind because mm -hmm. accountants are famously known for, you know, staying in the numbers, <laughs> thinking a year behind, just wanting to audit what's going on. But mm -hmm. we want to be out in the front and know what's coming down so we can help advise our clients. I really like that, how accountants are in audit mode. Yeah. But you're trying to flip it and look forward. Yeah. Because, you know, sure, I love numbers. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I wouldn't be an accountant if I didn't. But the biggest part of it is being able to advise someone to help someone along the way. And I can't help someone if I'm telling them what happened to them a year ago. But I can help someone. I can help a company. I can help a startup. Just an individual with knowing what's coming down and saying, you know, hey, I know this is in the news or this is working on, have you considered this and how it'll affect your, and then I go into the numbers like, hey, this is coming down. This is going to be competition for you. Do you have you looked at this for your revenue? Have you thought about this? Like, what's your term of this? And what a great example. We talk so often about how this kind of disruptive technology, it's not going to affect a certain industry, one industry or, you know, one vertical within an industry. It's affecting everyone. We're calling it the fourth industrial revolution because of how it's affecting everything. And so it makes sense that when you're looking at the number side of things, having this context must be really helpful for your, for your clients. It absolutely is. I mean, 
everything, every day, you know, there's something new. Again, there's the hype versus the real and trying to figure out what, what is the real. But yeah, I mean, every day there's something else coming out that is going to affect every customer and client base, every industry, even governments, you know, highly affect having to change and adapt and get ready for this, where they have been in a slower industry before. And now they're like trying to catch up just as quickly. Right. Yeah. And you mentioned the hype versus the real. So do you get clients who call you and they say, how much of our budget can we throw to AI? Because we heard that's coming and we have to do something, right? Absolutely. Um, That is a lot of calls. Um, We actually have a board um, that we have come together and brought several people in our organization to go through and figure out what actually items that are coming down are actually going to be happening or the things that you're like "Eh, that hasn't been proven it's just a theory base and you start like we research into it you know we're going in so for example accounting bots is one of the things that people are trying to do Mm -hmm. now for bookkeeping well we're going in and actually like looking at their websites actually meeting these people and seeing if this is actually something that they've proven and Unfortunately, half the time, it's just things that are in concept, which are great. You know, entrepreneurs, we need them to think of concept. But for a client to start putting their resources into it, you actually need to know if it will actually happen in a year or what will it happen in two years? Right. So can it, it impact them now? Or is this something that they can invest in to knowing, you know, five years from now, it might have an impact? Exactly. Yeah. Knowing when that effect's going to happen. And no one has a crystal ball to know exactly. But once you kind of start meeting with the entrepreneurs who are developing these things, you kind of start. And after you meet with several of them, you start kind of really being like, yes, you're hitting the keywords or but you're not there yet, which is great. The keywords, like the buzzwords we're hearing a lot about AI, a lot about automation. You mentioned the accounting bots. So that's in every field. We are seeing these buzzwords that attract a lot of investment and interest. But the question, especially looking at the number side, is how soon is this going to have an impact on our bottom line? And so that's where I like the separation of real versus hype. Interesting. And it's also interesting how you think about accounting and that's not necessarily the first industry that comes to mind when you think disruptive technology. You already mentioned when you're in audit mode, you're looking at last year's numbers. And so thinking about how this industry is being disrupted where, you know, picking your head up, still loving the numbers, but then trying to look ahead and and understand this real versus hype. Absolutely. It is all going to automation at some point in time and how quickly we get everyone on board, like standardized data, everything like that. And so that is another aspect of being able to audit. You know, you're going to have to audit the technology, uh, the controls behind it real time versus what's going on, you know, one, two, three years down the line, which is Mm -hmm. the standard currently right now. And the AI CPA is doing a really good job of trying to figure out where we're going and Mm -hmm. update the standards accordingly. So that's an area where we can ask your perspective on real versus hype with something like auditing. There's a lot of talk of, oh, this is all going to be automated one day. You know, people aren't going to be doing this for very long. Where, where are we in that pipeline? Um, I think there will be a lot more that will go automation, um, but there essentially is judgment. Um, And so there can never be a bot that's going to take judgment that a person will need to do. And there's judgment around, it can pull out the data a lot quicker, it can make the process a lot quicker, but ultimately there has to be judgment behind it based off of, are these trends right? Is Mm -hmm. this actually in compliance? Is there some mitigating factors like, 
you know, what people are doing. There's one-time events, things like that, that Mm -hmm. a bot won't be able to do. So a theme that pops up a lot on this podcast is it's not artificial intelligence, it's augmented intelligence. So we're just not there yet. We don't have artificial intelligence. A really, really smart system can do some amazing things. But if you ask it to think outside its own box, it can't yet. It doesn't have that judgment capability. So here, again, we're talking about an industry where there's certainly a lot of buzz about artificial intelligence and automation. But what we're really saying is, augmentation. So it's augmented. We have these professionals who, because the digitization can make some things like data processing and input faster, they're able to get to that human piece, the judgment calls even faster, but they're still very, very necessary. Exactly. And it kind of like frees you up to spend more time looking at helping your clients, which is great because that's where we want to spend our time because it is the people aspect. And this kind of sounds funny from an accountant, but Meeting people, greeting people, having those social interactions is another thing that I enjoy about what I do. And so that frees me up to actually like join Riot and go into these events and speak and meet people all the time. this automation makes it so that you can get out from behind your desk and come and actually do some of the relationship building that's really core to any industry. Exactly. And I think that's where we're going ultimately is, I mean, once data is being able to process a lot quicker, I mean, it'll become the person interaction, which is kind of funny because we're all like linking and texting and everything, but it will become the personal interaction between even through those forms of communication that it matters. So looking at your resume and the clients you work with, I would confidently call you, you know, a person who's a professional in technology. When, when did you start seeing yourself that way? Did you always see yourself as a person who was in the tech sector or were you an accountant first and then you began to see the lines blurring? Yeah, I was definitely an accountant first. So I started my career out in um, a place that Riot hadn't steamed the growth in a different area than RTP. And so coming here and starting that probably about four years in and then starting to really work with technology companies and get really, you have to get really invested into the technology space to actually say that you understand what technology. And so I would say about four to five years in, I was like, actually like understanding what was going on, trying to stay up with it. It's kind of like an entrepreneur and accountant. Like you're trying to understand everything that's going on to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. And so looking at your profession, but also looking out and trying to understand what's going on in the world around you so that you can better work with those technology clients. Absolutely. And you have a little bit of a throwback reference. So I think when you joined Riot, uh, it was a little different than it is today. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us, what do you remember about early Riot? Uh, early riot was definitely early. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, the whole goal of it was there, but getting everyone in line to like seeing where you guys are right now, like, you know, are, we have an office in Atlanta and I reached out to them cause you guys were having an event there. And I was like, please go to this event. And they went and they're like, oh my gosh, this is huge. But they hadn't heard of riot yet, mm-hmm. but very quickly they heard about it and it spread throughout our Atlanta office. So like you guys are just Excellent. growing so quickly. And you met, I know you, obviously, Tom, our executive director, is somebody who you work with, but you met our one of our early founders, Larry Stefan. And so anytime someone has met him, we love to bring him up on the podcast. Did um, he share any Larryisms or words of wisdom with you that you remember? <laughs> you might have to cut this. <laughs> I'll tell you straight. Um, so I met Larry at an NC Tech event. Um, the board had asked him to come in because he was an IoT expert 
absolutely. The first time I met him at dinner, he started speaking and I was just like, I want to know everything, you know? So he came to the event and he was just like, this IoT company, this IoT company, that's fake. This IoT company, this IoT company. And I was just like, this is incredible. You know, Larry just speak. He just spoke from the heart, like Always. what he thought, what was going on, where everything was going. And he wanted to know everything. Like mm-hmm. if he met a new company, he's like, tell me, tell me, tell me. And just that enthusiasm was incredible. And so he walked up to me after the event and he said, why aren't you at part of Riot? And he's like, you should be a part of Riot. I'm going to I'm going to show you everything that you don't know. And so (laughs) (laughs) he very quickly could take you from, oh, Riot, that's interesting. What's Riot about, too? Oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry for not knowing about Riot. (laughs) You're right. I should have joined six months ago. (laughs) And exactly how he gets you there. And yeah. But I'll, I mean, wh- I think what's powerful and the reason Wright has been successful is he wasn't wrong. No. He wasn't just, you know, out to grow something or uh, looking at it from his point of view. Yeah. He really had a value proposition for the organizations that he was passionate about. And that that's clear here. He not only brought you in, but was emailing you weekly with <laughs> yeah. ideas of what you could do. That's, that's very Larry. And you definitely see it like at the IoT Summit that you guys had, you know international, other states, other people were coming in. And I went there and, you know, just everyone speaking to you all of a sudden, they're like, oh, I'm from Germany. Yeah, I know Riot. Doesn't, don't everyone know Riot? And I'm like, no, not everyone knows Riot, but they should. <laughs> they should. <laughs> I came in, uh, met with him, and he's just like, see, see? And I was just like, okay, Larry, you've sold me. <laughs> That's such a Larry anecdote. And I wonder if there are any other people listening nodding along because they had a similar introduction to Riot. Uh, But what I love about our history, uh, Larry's history, and I think uh, what's core to the foundation of Riot is we really see IoT affecting each industry, each company even. And Larry was someone who could walk up to any company and right away say, here's how I think your industry will change in the next 5, 10, 50 years. Here's what you need to be talking about. So it sounds like he he got you with that bug. He did. I mean, he got it for me as an accountant. He was just like, so where are you guys going? Mm -hmm. Uh, What are you doing? And I was just like, "Uh, well, I'm looking at a year ago. (laughs) What do you mean? Where am I going? And then like, we just started talking and through everything. And I was just like, you know, we're looking at cybersecurity and so on. And he's like, oh, it's even more. Let's talk even more, you know? And he would email me like once a week and be like, okay, let's think about some things that's going on, you know? And it was just incredible what he he has helped me see that I hadn't been seeing. And do you find yourself having those same conversations with your clients now? Yes, I do. Like he really, I don't, I don't know it, it's his mannerisms or his charismatic, but yeah, he in, imprints himself into you to like take that to other people and to share it because you just want to. Like, there's so much good information and he cares so much because, you know, another thing that he talked about was he wanted to see this area grow and be like one of the founding areas that people in technology, IoT, come mm-hmm. and come to. Like, you know, the Boston for Life Science, et cetera. That's what he wanted here for all the IoT. And he has helped create this. This is incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a huge legacy here thanks to that. And not, not only this region specifically with RTP, but really the Southeast. You mentioned how riots spreading to Atlanta. We're just seeing so much attention on this region 
as a potential center of excellence for IoT. And a lot of that is what started with a little meetup group known as Raleigh IoT that became shortened to Riot that now, five years later, unless you were in some of those early meetups, you might not know that the R used to stand for Raleigh. Yeah, it's incredible what he's done. And and as you guys have expanded, like every quarterly call we have, you're like, well, we're going to this area. Yep, we're going international. We're doing this, we're doing this. <laughs> and it's just incredible for me to see like, yep, what what you guys are doing. Well, it's a treat for us to have someone who's been with the organization for a couple years and has seen the changes, who knew and got to work with Larry, but also who it sounds like has been a bit of an evangelist for the way of thinking that we try to share, which is IoT is not a specific kind of technology. IoT is not something that's going to change this specific industry. IoT is the fourth industrial revolution. It's a change in the way devices connect and the change in business models as we consider data and connectivity. And so it's nice to have somebody in an organization speaking that same language. It sounds like to internally to the rest of your firm, but also with your clients. Yeah, I mean... It absolutely is. I mean, no one is not affected. And if the accountant in the room can <laughs> say that, then everyone else should have already been there. That's great. <laughs> I love it. So I think for me, a theme that's really emerged out of this is I love this idea of, you know, talking IoT to an accountant. You know, why is it important? And and this question of does IoT relate to everything and is it something that everybody needs to be talking about? So you've shared a lot about that already from the real versus the hype. Anything else come to mind along that theme of considering your role as an accountant and what you do? It's so interesting that you value that the, the discussion about tech and IoT is important. Yeah, um, definitely. IoT is very important. I can tell you um, a pretty good story uh, about a company and a not so good story about a company. So one of my companies was going through. Um, when you say your company is one of your clients. One of my clients, mm-hmm. correct. One of my clients was, you know, about three years in. So they're still in the startup mode, getting everything going. And so they weren't spending any money on an advisor or seeing the actual potential and why you'd want one. Um, so finally, about on their fourth year, when they went to get an investor, they're like, hey, I think you should get an audit and some tax work, get someone else to look at this. Um, So they brought us in. And what we had realized is, one, we had to go back and look at all that stuff. So they had overexpended uh, about $3 million. And so no one had, that vendor that they had overpaid had never told them. And so there was $3 million that they wouldn't have actually had to go and get another investor. He wouldn't have sold a portion of his business to get that investor. Um, So that you know, that was kind of eye opening to him. But then the actual conversations on like, going forward, like, you have been here, this is where you want to go. What are you looking at in IoT? And how are you trying to get there? And, you know, we use um, certain technologies to kind of help through there. So, you know, we're looking at ways to get R&D credits for individuals who's starting up like an easier way software technology to use to spit out that information so they can get the credits so they don't have to go get an investor, Mm -hmm. that they can use that for themselves. Wow, that's really impactful. So just doing a good job of asking those questions when you have a chance to look at the books and also thinking that there's an opportunity for someone who's an advisor, someone in this accountant role to have an impact on how organizations look at these opportunities and when they decide to bring an investor in versus using internal resources, the fact that you all can have a discussion there. I mean, that 
has huge implications for down the line, especially for companies that want to exit or are trying to be careful with how they spend in R&D. Yeah, absolutely. And as an advisor role, we're there just, you could call me and I'll answer any questions that you have, you know, and that's what I'm here. Or I'll call you and I'll be like, hey, I saw this headline. Have you like checked this out? Or, hey, we've been researching this. Have you considered this? Mm -hmm. And it's just a quick email. Hey, have you looked at this? Most of the time people have, but the other part of them, they have it. And they're like, oh no, I'm so busy trying to get my business going that I haven't even seen what's going on. And, you know, being able to help someone and say, hey, here, you really should look at this, you know, before you go get an investor or, hey, like here's the $3 million that you probably could use somewhere else. You right. know? <laughs> yeah. That must've been a happy fun. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> Excellent. Well, was there anything else you were hoping to share specifically about your work that you wanted to bring to light on the podcast? I think that was it. Awesome. Well, wanted to say thanks for being on the podcast. It's been great hearing from someone who I don't think on paper most people would point to and say, oh, there's somebody who's, you know, an expert in IoT or really passionate about IoT. Um, so hearing your story and how being in Riot, of course, but even bigger than that, just being aware of IoT has affected your business and, and in effect your client's business is really powerful. Thanks for bringing that today. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a great pleasure. Listeners, thanks again for tuning into Riot Underground. Make sure you're subscribed on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play so you don't miss more exciting content coming your way. See you in the next episode. Hey, y'all. Caroline Griffin here, dropping in to say thanks for listening. And if you have any questions for Riot, send me a note. You can reach me at caroline at ncriot.org. This Riot Underground podcast is created and produced by Riot Studios with music by Scott Jackson. Riot is a nonprofit focused on economic development through the Internet of Things or IoT. We produce events, conferences, and educational courses around the world. And we run an early stage startup accelerator out of Riot Labs in Raleigh, North Carolina. Our nonprofit also operates a wireless test and certification facility under the Wireless Research Center brand. Learn how to engage by visiting us at ncriot.org.